Hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Today I am joined by Milosh. Hello, hello, hello. And we are going to be doing the second in our, uh, I don't know if we officially named this this or have been using this as a title for this, but the latest in our Plan B review series where some someone else in the group takes a second look at something that somebody else has already done a show on. Um, in this case, Milos and I will be reviewing uh, Kevin Smith's Clerks 3, which was previously done by Justin a couple weeks ago. I should have looked up the episode number beforehand. Fuck. Okay. Sorry, Justin. Uh, hopefully, uh, just the fact that we're doing this will get people to go back and listen to yours just for comparison. Um, but anyway, we're going to go real quick because you and I both want to go watch football in about 30 minutes. So and my go. team is playing your team and it's going to be... Know. I know, right? Well, I don't yeah. know. My my team's not great. You could catch us on a bad day and win. I mean, you know, they're not exactly terribly inspiring right now. Let's say that. Yeah, um, well, we we we're bad at this point, yeah. and it's just yeah. No, I think how I'm wondering how your coach hasn't been fired yet at this point. Let's just say no, that. I'm wondering the same thing, just because it makes absolutely no sense that he's still yep. a coach. For for context, I am a Patriots fan. Milos is an Indianapolis Colts fan. So there we go. Yes. Um, so anyway, uh, I assume we both saw this on home video then? Yes. Uh, okay, because I know Justin went to the Fathom Events showings here, which were a couple months ago. And then um, Smith is touring with this movie. Uh, he's doing his typical, what has become for him his typical roadshow sort of thing. Goes to like... 50 cities and fills out a large theater and does a Q&A afterwards. I've never actually done that. He was supposed to do that here for uh, Red State when that came out. And I bought the ticket and then they relocated it to Milwaukee where I could no longer get to it. Yeah. Um, so I was mad. Uh, but um, so this, you know, Clerks was probably, the original Clerks for me was probably the first quote-unquote independent film I'd ever seen. Um, I, had, I had no clue who Kevin Smith was before seeing that. And absolutely... Okay, just, just a quick, uh, I looked it up, so Justin's uh, review of Clerks 3 would be episode 306. Okay. Yeah, go listen to 306 if you want to compare them. Um, okay. So, uh, yep. So for me, Kevin Smith was the first, uh, independent filmmaker I became familiar with. Um, I know like Linklater had been doing stuff by this point. Um, but Clerks was really the first independent film I've ever seen. Uh, really enjoyed that. Loved Mallrats when I saw it, even though most people hated it at the time. Uh, absolutely loved Chasing Amy at the time. Um, Dude, Chasing Amy for me is still probably one of his best movies. It probably is my favorite movie of his still. Um, Dogma at the time, I think, sort of got overwhelmed by the controversy around it, but it is a solid film. Um, uh, for me, actually, his best would be Jersey Girl. I know a lot of really? people on hot. You're in, yeah. a, you're in a minority there. I mean, I don't hate oh, it. Yeah. You're in a oh, minority yeah. there. I'm, I mean, really, like, as far as I know, I'm. Really in minority on Jersey Girl. Yep. Um, I would put that as like his best movie for me. Yep. I do think, as I said, I think Dogma got overwhelmed by the controversy around it. Um, yeah. Although he, it, is a good, it is a good film. Um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was 
not great, but I get why he did it. And it it is at least on a base level sort of it is at least on a base level entertaining. It's just not I don't think it's anywhere near the level of this other stuff. Um, and then after that was when he got into stuff like Red State and uh, and Tusk and all those kind of things. Um, at I this point, a couple of, he did a cop out with the uh, cop out. I don't fault him yeah, for that. And Tracy Morgan, that was just. I don't, I don't fault him for for cop out. Cop out's not his problem. Cop out was yeah. not his. Problem. Um, and so then by this point he's also one of the first major podcasters. Uh, he's got the whole yes. Smodcast thing going by this point. And the idea for I don't know where he got the idea for Red State because he'd had interactions with the Westboro, the Westboro Church, which in America is yeah. like those one of those insane fringe churches where they go and like protest soldiers funerals because they represent a country that allows, you know, and I'm quoting their signs. I don't actually believe this, but they they represent the military of a country that allows fags to live, you know, and like they go protest yeah. soldiers funerals and, and uh, you know, and AIDS victims funerals and just all kinds of things. And, uh, and then I believe he got the idea for Tusk because he read a thing on his podcast with Mosier about some guy who actually would give would give a tenant free rent if they sat with him in a walrus outfit for X number of hours per week. Um, and he turned it into a body horror movie, um, which, you know, OK, I actually I own it. I've watched maybe half of it. And then there's a couple of really long digression scenes with Johnny Depp that just were so boring, I couldn't finish it. Um, and I still haven't actually seen the whole thing. Um, so and, I also didn't see the whole Tusk, and I didn't see the whole Yoga Hosers either. I have never even bothered with Yoga Hosers because I don't try. I, I just couldn't get into it. I, I mean, I don't, you know. don't want to crap on Smith or his family to any great degree, but I don't really like his daughter as an actress. And when I figured out that she was going to be at the center of Yoga Hosers, I was like, nope. Um, and then well, he was uh, Johnny, Johnny's uh, daughter would have been a draw, but I was like, I just couldn't sit through yep. it. And they're friends, aren't they? The two of them, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's why he yeah. came up with this idea. Um, and there was supposed to be a third so movie. The whole in that movie, movie was actually written for the two kids. Right. And there was supposed to be a third movie in that he called it like the Canadian horror trilogy. It was supposed to be, I think he had an idea for a third movie called uh, moose jaws. It was about like a killer moose. And then that, that that is either still being developed or after yoga hosers completely bombed, he decided not to do it. Um, And then that brings At that point there was somewhere, I think I listened to him talk about it. There was talks about budgets in the movies and how on earth does he still get to make, Stuff like Tusk's Yoga Hoser, yep. and he's like, well, the budgets go over 100 million for like big, you know, Hollywood big blockbusters movies, and yeah. stuff. Like when I show up to the studio and I'm like, hey, can you give me like three, four million to do this movie? They're like, yeah, because it's chop change. They don't yep. really care. Um, and we'll talk about that for this one, um, which leads us to the Jane Silent Bob reboot, which was basically uh, a, a second was basically a second attempt at Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, where they they go to Hollywood again 
to stop a rebooted blunt man and chronic movie from taking place. Um, funny moments for in that one for me, but again, relies too much oh, on his, yeah. relies too much on his daughter and was just like, and again, I'm not trying to crap on the poor girl, but like, just not, oh, yeah. just not a good actress really. Um, and then apparently the the reason Clerks Three exists, even though he's been trying to get it made for years, is um, the company that he made uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot with apparently made and and I know this from an interview he just did this past week with Bill Simmons promoting Clerks Three. Um, he claims at least that the the home video sales on Jay and Silent Bob reboot were so high that the studio that he made it with, which I believe is, uh, is one of those little ones like that Legion M or whatever. They have ads all over Facebook for like self self finance movies, basically. Um, there, uh, the home video sales were so high on the reboot movie that they went to him and said, you know, if you have any more of this Jans on Bob stuff, we're happy to make it. Um, and they just gave him $8 million to make the, make clerks three, which leads us to today. Um, so basically, you know, this is obviously the third movie in this trilogy. Dante and Randall are, I would argue the, the central character of this entire Jersey thing that he's been doing for years on end. Um, I would argue they are that more than Jay and Silent Bob, even though I think most fans would say Jay and Silent Bob are the center of it because they just show up everywhere. Uh, more Jay and Silent Bob are basically the comic relief. Yes. Yeah. They're comic enough, relief enough that they actually work as a comic relief to the degree yep. that they can steal the show when they're on screen. But so, it's just so it's just all real, Randall and Dante, man. So just really quickly to go through go through the plot of this one. Uh, this is in real time, meaning you know it's been however many years it's been in real time since Clerks One took place, and after Clerks Two, Dante and Randall own the convenience store and the video store because they decided to buy it at the end of Clerks 2. And then you find out, you know, they're, they're in the store, and apparently the video store, because some video is basically dead now, and it's all Netflix, yep. has been turned into a weed, a weed shop that Jay and Silent Bob run, um, yep. which I thought was pretty funny, actually. Yep. Um, so then uh, Dante and Randall are still running the convenience store. Um, this is where I started... This is where I started to. I had my my first hang up was pretty early, when you when you and again we're gonna get into spoilers here, so I'm gonna give a five count so that anybody that doesn't want to hear this can see the movie first. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, you've been warned. Fuck you. Um. Uh. And so you find out that uh, Rosario Dawson's character, Dante's wife, is dead. Uh, has been for a couple of years at least. And so Dante's pretty miserable, uh, which, you know, is pretty normal for this character. He's pretty much been established as like the king of misery through these three movies. And Randall is the one that usually calls him on it and was like, you know, your life's not that bad, dude. <laughs> um, so uh, they also still had the Elias kid played by Trevor Furman as their employee. Um, and he, you know, I don't think he was, he was as funny. He wasn't as funny, but man, he was, he was good. 
He's he's good, but in a as different far as way. Like in the, in the, yeah, in the confines of the movie, like yeah. he was still good because like even his character yeah. goes through a lot. Yep, he's and good, but in a different of, way. Couple, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, not, it's not as funny. Like in Clerks Two, to me, he almost stole a fucking movie. He was so funny. Yeah. Um, and in in this one, maybe it's because he doesn't because Smith doesn't want to take as many shots at religion. I don't know. Um. But he well, you have to understand, like part of this really stems from him getting the heart attack a couple of years ago, right? Changing so, his life, yeah. So we'll get we'll get in. And the other thing, and I hate to, you know, I hammered on Smith's daughter a little bit already. Like Trevor Furman aged pretty badly. Like he yeah, looked like he was, I, he looked I like was like I walk, and I was like, man, he's old. He's like a couple of years younger than me, and he looks like he's fifty. I was just like, yeah. what? Um, but you know, I mean, he, he does a good job with what he's given. It's just very different from what they had him do initially. Um, yeah, yeah. so basically the whole idea of this movie to keep it short is that, you know, um, Randall has a heart attack and, uh, goes in the hospital. He's saved. He doesn't die. And then, um, he decides at that point that he's been too he hasn't been active enough in his life and he just kind of sat and commented on everything done by everyone else. So he decides he's going to make a film rather than just sitting on his ass and watching them all the time. So the whole thing turns into a, a meta attempt for Dante and Randall to make clerks, which I thought was hilarious. Like I love well-executed meta films. Um, you pulled it off, and I, you know, I, I think Justin was kind of annoyed by a lot of it because it just felt. I think to him, it sort of felt, and I'd have to go back and listen to his review again. But just the tone that he had was to me like it just kind of felt to him. It just all sort of felt kind of repetitive. But to me, yeah. like I, I loved the the yeah, meta. Because for anybody, for anybody who watched Clerks, yeah, like, it's basically the same movie. Yeah. Yeah, with some modern updates and everything. Um, and just the idea that he would recreate it to the extent that he does in this movie, like, I was just shocked. And it was real. I thought it was really funny. Um, he does it. I, what, what kind of works for me, and this may be jumping ahead a little bit, is when you have the basically, I think this is happens after the role, you hear his voice as he talks about this, and it's like, now, for everybody who's seen the clerks, love the clerks, identifies with the clerks, like this was my attempt. You saw clerks, and that was how this was how I saw clerks when I was making it, and I just want to put that on yeah. screen. And I think he managed to do exactly that. Now, let me ask really quickly. Um, I and I should have asked you this earlier, but given that you're not in the United States, okay, and he was when the original clerks came out, like. He was a big deal in the U.S., but to a small number of people. Like, how does that? How were you exposed to that where you are? Mm, I don't remember. Like, how did do you remember how you Dogma, first? Saw I think Dogma. Movie? I think Dogma is the first Kevin Smith movie that I saw. Yeah, and I was I was young back then, so I didn't really understand it. And then when I watched Clerks for the first time, most of it really went over my head. Yeah, but then at well, another had point, kind of job at all. I mean, then then I ended up working as a clerk. Yeah, and 
then I actually rewatched the movie for the second time, and it kind of made sense. Then I started yeah. working as a clerk, watched the clerks, and I was like, man, this is every year is spot on. Yeah, I've not, everything, I mean, that I, happens I like, in, everything that happens in that movie, I pretty much did at some point. Yeah. See, to me, like, I, you know, I've never actually worked that kind of retail job um, for, in most cases, for a lot of handicapped people, it's hard to do that. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. like, I can't stand for eight hours straight, you know. So for me, the the job movie that I mean, I think Clerks is funny as hell. And like, but for me, the job movie I identify with more is Office Space because that was you know, I have oh, had, yeah. I have yeah, had cubicle me, jobs. For me, I'm, I'm 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 opposite. Like I can identify with Clerks while Office yeah. Space is funny as shit, man. Yeah, like I can, but like, I can had, watch that movie any time and laugh my ass off. It doesn't matter. I've had cubicle jobs, so that one, and I have a cubicle job now, really. Um, yeah. And so to me, but this, I mean, this I always, even though I didn't really identify with the Quirks films on like a job front, I've always liked them as like, you know, put upon nerds who are in this situation they don't really want to be in. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I can completely identify with that. Um, I thought this was really funny. Um, a lot of great, um, like the, the audition scene where tons of cameos come in are like... Dude, when he brought all those people in, he was just like, man, he yep. really... That, like, to me, that was just gold. And she knew who's... Like, Corey watched it with me because she also yeah. likes his movies. Um, and she knew who some of those people were, but like... He got pretty deep on some of that. Like he had yeah, uh, he went, he went the guy, he, the guy he did the, or still does. I don't know if they still do it. The Hollywood Babylon podcast with it was in there. Uh, Ralph Garman, I think is his name. Um, his yeah. mother is in there. Um, that older woman that, that older woman that reads a line at one point is his actual mother. Um, yeah, he does bring his mother into it. Yep. I think he had his in-laws in there. Um, at one point, uh, Melissa Benoist and Chris Wood from Supergirl show up, and I hadn't Eddie seen her. Prince until... Junior shows up. Ethan yep. Suplee shows up. Ben Affleck I, shows up. I almost uh, didn't recognize yeah. Suplee because he lost so much weight. I was yeah, just like, who? Is that? So, but man, yeah, he he I goes think... like he brings. Uh, what's his name? Justin Long. He's in there. Well, Sarah Justin Long, Geller was in there. Long was in the hospital oh, scene, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he was the nurse. Yeah, yeah, he was the nurse. Exactly. And there's a great bit from Affleck too. Apparently, they're friends yeah. again, which is awesome. Um, Dude, hey, that's the, I love that part about him because well, I know they kind of apparently that was at some point and apparently all that stuff was caused by Jennifer Garner. If you believe what they both say, because Jennifer <laughs> Garner didn't like him that much. <laughs> so. And of course, Machete shows up as well. That was. Oh, that was awesome. I was I was not expecting him because I didn't know what their ties were. Like I don't yeah, remember him. And then he's just like, ah, oh, shit there. Yep. Uh so yeah, um there's obviously the whole um and you know, I guess we can get into really quick the as much as we've talked about what we like about this, I'm gonna get into a couple of what for me were the faults. Like I liked the idea that you know, because the whole thing is Randall goes in the hospital. Elias is convinced he's going to die because they were having a discussion about something having to do with God. And Elias basically asked God to smite him in front of him. 
And then yep. he suddenly has a heart attack. So Elias is convinced, like, I just killed Randall. Oh, my God. And then he prays to God. And then when there's no response, he's in the, they're in the hospital waiting room or whatever. He renounces God and decides to be a Satanist, um, which to me would have been a really funny way to go. But all they really did with it is just put him in different fucking Alice Cooper outfits for the entire movie. I was yep. just like, okay, you really could have done something with this, but like you just did it for a series of shitty sight gags. Like, I don't, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know what, what, uh, the actual actor's religious position is. Maybe he didn't want to do that. Or maybe Smith didn't have that much interest in actually, actually pursuing that. Cause it's more about Dante and Randall than him. But I just thought the, the sight gags and the costumes just got a little old. And like the couple jokes around the fact that he had that quiet guy following following him around that they were doing all the Bitcoin shit. Like yeah. other than other than Randall making that one crack about how, oh, you have your own silent bob, isn't that cute? Um, other than that, I thought all that stuff was pretty much worthless. Um but you know um, I think I think he was a filler and this is the part where you say like he was good, but it's like his role was like really, he could really. easily have taken him out of the movie. Yeah. And now, I think a big part of that is probably Kevin wanted him in there. and he, I'm sure he did. He did, I mean, wanna, he did want to focus on, Ron, on Randall and Dante. So he's like, and he was kind of like, what exactly do I do with him? Well, I then think he that, just kind of wrote him as something that doesn't really add to the movie most of the time, but doesn't really take away much. Like, but, yeah. Like well, the thing for me, and I think the reason why you keep him in there is because the for me at least the highlight of Clerks two for me was anything between him and Randall. Yeah. And so like to me when when I heard he was coming back for this one I was like oh great you're gonna get more of that awesome that was the best part of Clerks two by a mile like if you're gonna do more of that great but then there's like the one scene at the beginning and like the joke about how he now has a silent Bob or whatever and then. They t- that all goes away, and he's just kind of in the background wearing dumb outfits for an hour. Like, yeah. okay, sure. Um, yeah, but I think, like, you know, he didn't want to do the whole, you know, him and Don- and Randall again, because that yeah. would have taken away from Dante and Randall. So it's Yeah, like, and, you know, typically... Point, really, it's, not, it's neither here nor there. And so there's a series of things where they're, you know, they're basically recreating the events of the first two movies, and... and Right and writing them into this movie that they're trying to make, which I believe they call inconvenienced, which I thought was quite funny. I think that was yeah. actually, if I remember some of the stuff he said on his podcast previously, I think inconvenience was at one point going to be the title clerks. Um, yeah. But then he figured, you know, he wanted to make the ter- the tie to a convenience store like super blatant. And he was afraid if he made the title something like inconvenience, people wouldn't realize what it was. Um, so I get that. And then obviously there's a, every movie, there's always like conflict between Dante and Randall on some level. And, um, I, well, I did think, okay, I have to get into the other thing about Brian O'Halloran here. I, I really like this guy in this role and I really like Jeff Anderson in the same way. Like they're really good at playing these roles. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know that I need, you know, and I get the whole thing with Dante's that, Rosario Dawson's dead and they had a kid and the kid is also dead and it's like she was killed by a drunk driver or something which I get 
you know, I, I get why you would do that. I wasn't really happy about it because I wanted more of Rosario Dawson in the third movie, but okay. Yeah. Um, but I think the problem I had is that as good as O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson are in these roles, I don't, I don't need to see Brian O'Halloran crying and, and he just couldn't carry those. Hey, so here's, here's my eye with that. Uh, I think it's written differently. And as far as like the sad emotional stuff, yeah, the graveyard scene does nothing for me. No, I just didn't think he could pull it off. The graveyard right. scene was just like totally off. It, it didn't work until the point where they stopped making it like emotionally sad and then they actually started laughing about what they would do and stuff like that. And then yeah. their chemistry was a gear and the chemistry again yep. worked. Yeah, and I don't think I think as I much... think uh, off the top of my head, I don't really remember, but I think there's another example where he tries to do a sad emotional thing with Randall and he's just so sorry. Yeah. It just doesn't Dante, work. And it just doesn't work. And like the first like, I like... the, the the emotionally sad emotional scene that actually does get me, but I think is perfectly yeah. written perfectly executed is at the end, uh when Randall yeah, shows him the movie. And we'll yeah, talk about that. that. The whole movie is actually about Dante and not about Randall. Right, right. Well, he, well, that's kind of where we have to talk about the ending too, because I think that's yeah. a consequence of how of the events of the ending. But like, I just like I I get why you kill Rosario Dawson off. Maybe she didn't have time. To, maybe maybe realistically, like, yeah, she didn't have time to do the whole movie. She had like a day or two. She's doing a bunch of yeah. Star Wars shit now, so maybe she didn't have time to do much more than that. But to me, like I wanted after Clerks two, I wanted to see Dante as like an adjust a well adjusted person who like had shit like because the whole thing about the first two movies is that he has no life and he kind of creates that and like after clerks 2 i wanted to see like what does he do with a wife and what does he do with a kid yeah. but then they, then they decided to not do that and instead give him like a bunch of really emotional scenes that he's incapable of doing um like rosario dawson was acting circles around him in that graveyard scene i was just like and oh, she's yeah. not She's not even really doing that much. So I was just like, oh my God, please don't do this anymore. Um, And then, you know, they have, there's a couple like subtle moments where he and Randall have disagreements and Randall is very, and, and I think he's always been like this, but we've also never seen motivated Randall. Like the whole idea of that character is they never wants to do anything. He just wants to sit there and, and like make fun of people. So like seeing motivated Randall is like kind of interesting because he's never done that, but he's also still kind of a jerk off. Like he just kind of expects Dante to be his producer and find ways to get him all this money. So he has to go to his ex fiance played by Smith's wife from clerks Two, and beg her for money, which he doesn't yeah. tell him. And then um, they try to do a recreation. He signs off. He's uh, yep. He signs his quick mark. The white. Um, yeah. And then you know they try to do a a recreation of the donkey show scene from Clerks Two. So they go back to the the movies, and he doesn't want to go yeah. in there. He's like, it's going to make yeah. me. Think uh, that yeah, that, that, that's the other emotionally scene that just and, didn't work. Oh, I. 
I thought that played well because like he doesn't say anything. Well, he played well. He played well just because like he didn't have to do much there. He was right. just he doesn't stand, say cry and leave. He just kind of stands in the parking lot and looks at exactly. it. Exactly. You kind of get the sense has, of, like has he, has he actually had line there lines there? Yeah. Like, he wouldn't have played well. Or if Rosario Dawson's ghost had shown up again, they had another dialogue scene. I would have been like, yeah. oh my god, no. Um, but then, you know, toward the end when they're filming the they're filming the I believe it was the shit or get off the pot scene from works, yeah. uh Dante blows up on him again. I mean, they do it in every movie, and those are always good. Like I've always liked those. Like the the one in Clerks 2 where they're like what, where they're in jail after the donkey show, and he's like, what are we doing with our lives? We, we, we went and took criminology courses. Were we trying to be Batman? Like, that stuff I love. And yeah. this, thing, this scene between them worked really well, but then I have issue with the, with the ending in the sense of Dante also has a heart attack. Um, yeah. And as I, and as I, I realize... I, w- I went back and thought about it. It is set up, just not, I don't want to say not well, but it's almost set up in such a way that if you're not paying attention, it just completely goes past you. Because I believe when he's talking to the doctor that does the surgery on Randall, she says, you know, if you have the same diet as this idiot, you might have the same problem. And it, ju- it just kind of, she says it, it just kind of plays off and goes away. And then... And again, we're in we're in spoilers. We've been in spoilers. Um, so at that point, you know, because Randall, the 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 context of the argument between them is like Dante just kind of goes off on him and says, like, why does all this have to be about you? I've been with you through all this shit, and everything just always seems to be about you anyway. So then, after Dante has a heart attack, Randall, I think, as you said, goes back and rewrites the movie. And like recuts the movie so that it is, so that it is all about Dante, um, and then he uh, yeah, because he's adamant the whole time. It's like it's my movie, it's my life, it's my story. I do everything, even though you know that's obviously not the case because Dante is doing a lot more than Randall is. Right, right. So then, uh, and again, spoilers, just in case you're still here. Um, uh, Randall sneaks into the hospital and, you know, Dante's on a ventilator and it's clearly not good. Um, yeah, and, and they also set it up when uh, Randall has his heart attack. They kind of said that, like, only 20% of people actually survive that yeah. kind of a heart attack. Well, yeah, from that particular one, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so then Randall shows him the movie and it's basically just a bunch of scenes from Clerks 1 cut together differently without dialogue and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like a montage of Clerks 1 stuff. Um, and then Dante dies. Uh, which yeah. I... I mean, I you're, was, gonna know, you're not going to get Clerks 4. Yeah, but they could have, though. That's the oh, thing. Yeah. Like, they they, they could have. I mean, and I guess that's the whole thing for me is like, I don't know that I need one of them to die, I guess. It's just no, I don't think like... that was necessary because that whole scene itself was probably the best written scene in the movie that wasn't taken out of clerks. Oh, like when that when he's sitting when he's when Dante is like half dead and he's sitting in the movie theater with yeah, those arms. Like that was a great moment, but I just like I don't and know. Even that the I... whole even the whole uh 
and he's showing him the movie when he takes into the hospital room to show him the movie and everything. That was yep. really some of the best written stuff in the movie, and it's like you didn't need to kill off Dante to make it work. Like he he had an impact. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and I get, you know, on its own merits, it does work. It's just, I don't know that I, I think it's like a larger thing about this as a trilogy. Like, I don't need this, if this is going to be the last one, which clearly it is, I don't think he's going to do yeah, a I fucking, Yeah, I don't think. I don't think gonna he's going to do a fucking Randall and Elias movie 10 years from now. I just don't see no. it. Um, and plus, from he's what I'm going to make a, a, a Randall and Jane Silent Bob movie. Yeah, from what I understand, I mean, I guess it's always it's been really hard for him with each movie to get Jeff Anderson to come back at all. Like, yeah, he didn't want to do Clerks two. I think there was probably more money thrown his way, or like a because it was essentially the same role. And I think he had in order to get him to do Clerks three, he had to be like, yeah, but you're going to be the star of this one, uh, which he basically is. And he yeah, does he probably had to be something like, and this is the last time. Like, there's not yeah, going to be a fourth one. He does. You're right. He does nail that the emotional scene he's called on to have when he's in the room when Dante uh, died. He does nail that. Where I I didn't feel like Brian O'Halloran did as much. Like yeah. he's O'Halloran's better in the quiet moments. Like exactly. when like you said, I think like, that's the that's the thing about so them that always stands out is like. You know, uh, I mean, not to insult anybody or anything, but they're not like if you think of perfect actor who can nail every scene, like you're not going to think to him. But if you no. think like two normal guys who end up in a movie, like you're going to go to Dante and Randall. And it's like yep. that That was but that was what actually identifies. That's why like a lot of people, even those who don't work with clerk as a clerks or in retail, that capacity it's like they can identify with the movie two main characters yeah. really are just two regular guys they're not actors playing two regular guys it's really just two regular guys and that's part of what makes it work yep and i do think you know O'Halloran's better in the moments where he can just like give dialogue and not you know, and it's quieter, like that stuff where, like you said, he's in that theater of the mind with the Rosario Dawson watching the movie play out. Like that stuff was great because he wasn't called yeah. on to, like he wasn't yeah. called on to like cry and scream and do all that other shit. Exactly, um, just the presence alone and the whole scene, yeah. like and the chemistry. What's obviously there, it works. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I also, and maybe this will be an unpopular opinion among his fans. I mean, just to close it out, like obviously we both like this more than Justin did, I think. Um, oh yeah. But um, I would think, and I know it's not because I actually, weirdly, when Corey and I were watching, we watched the other two uh, uh, the weekend before, just as preparation because I hadn't seen the other two probably in ten years. Um, yeah. So we were watching Clerks 2, and there's that scene in the movies where Jason Lee walks in, and that was at the time where he was doing that sitcom for NBC, and I hadn't really seen him in much in the last few years, so I jumped on his IMDb page to see what if he had anything coming up that hadn't come out yet, and I actually think this Clerks 3 movie could work as an effective end to all the Jersey shit, um, mm-hmm. but that's not what they're doing. Mallrats 2 is coming. Uh, yeah, he... So. Yeah. He was actually... I think he was working on uh, Mallrats 2 pretty much almost 
much as he was on uh, Clerks 3. Because I think, think Mallrats 2 was originally going to be a TV show. And I think now it's now yeah. it's a movie. That was, uh, I think that was something that was in play even before Stan Lee passed away. Yes, I do think that's true. So People have to remember Kevin Smith is the first one who started giving Stan Lee cameos. Yeah, yep. Uh, was it? It was Mallrats, and then was he also in Strike Back somewhere? I I think so. Uh, it's I been way too long since I see that movie. I could be conflating him with Carlin, though. I'm not sure. Um, but it's yeah, been a so, long time since I saw the movie. So right I would now. say we both we both enjoyed this one, I'm, and not to you know Justin Justin has the views he has, and I don't think he was. I don't think a lot of the things he said he was wrong about. Um, cause well, like, but I think just our viewpoints and the way we watch this uh, movies in general, is like, you know, we have opinions that differ and, you yeah. know, cause like he was, I think he also had the same opinion with all the Rosario Dawson crap. Like, why do you kill her off? You know? Um, so yeah, I'm convinced that had to do with availability or just, you know, he didn't have just because she was working on Ahsoka and other Disney stuff, he just. Or he didn't have any ideas for her or whatever, but, you know, I don't know. Um, I did really enjoy it. I will probably, you know, I did, um, Amazon Video gave you just the option to buy it outright, which I did, because I had the other two okay. and figure I'll, I'll most likely watch Why it again not? at some point. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, rather quite enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I would have paid the paid theatrical money to see it, although I basically did that. To get the digital version, I think, and no, I definitely just you get the key. <laughs> yep, I definitely wouldn't have paid the uh, the fifty dollar uh, uh, roadshow ticket that he tends to do for these. Um, although you get the Q and A with that too, which is always a side benefit. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he does he the Q and A. meet and greet in there as well. So he was saying something like on the podcast I heard him on uh, that they, on average, were. And this is why I think all of these movies that he makes makes a make a profit, even if they don't do that much in theaters or on home video. Even is that he's filling up like fifteen hundred seat theaters fifty times, oh. paying fi- oh. charging fifty bucks a ticket. Like at some point, that's going to turn a profit. Um, yeah, and it's an added benefit to actually doing low budget movies. Is like when yeah. You know, and like that to me, that's why, like you said, he's going to be allowed to continue to make whatever he wants because he's not a big risk for people. Um, yeah, you're not giving him a blockbuster, even though, like, I know, like, I would still, I would, I would still be interested in him actually doing an actual uh, superhero movie. His his argument, and I heard it very recently on that I same know, podcast. I know he he repeats it's that not, argument often. He even says he's not. He will even say he's not talented yeah. enough to make one of those. And that you yeah. know, if he made, let's just say, Daredevil, which is a comic he wrote for years, like he could yeah. he could have done that. He even he said like, if I made a Daredevil movie, it would just be Daredevil sitting in a diner talking about shit. Like it wouldn't be, you know, there wouldn't be any action in it because I don't know how to do that. And I feel like that's yeah. changed now because I don't think he can make that same argument now because he has directed for, and not that these are, you know, these are not on the same scale as any of the like Marvel movies or anything, but he has directed for several of the CWDC shows yeah. by now. 
So like his argument there is that he actually doesn't have to do anything just because the cast is so well. Well, yeah, because the cast is orchestrated that he doesn't really, you know, he just sits there and brings them donuts. Right, right. So I do think he, I do think he would be more equipped to do one of those movies now than he would have been before. But if he doesn't want to yeah. do it, yeah, yeah I, almost, he, I wouldn't force him on it. Yeah, yeah, I almost kind of prefer him as a fan of them, and the fact that he has, you know, like like I have, and like Josh has, and like Brent has, and Justin to a degree. I think Justin has read a lot of more recent stuff, but I mean. He has read a lot of comics, and he ha- he's very well-versed in a lot of that stuff, and I almost prefer to have him as a fan of these movies, like, pointing out, like, oh, this is what they got right, and this is what they didn't, yep. you know? Yep. Oh, I, yeah. feel like, I feel like if he makes one, you lose that, you know, just because... Yeah, because, exactly. Yep, so, okay, well, I think we hit what we wanted to here, and we've got a football game to get to. Um so, indeed. Yes, we do. Um, so we will be back next week for House of the Dragon with some of us, I think. I think that's going to be a five-man show. That is the plan, yes. And then we will be uh, – you guys have been gracious enough to wait for me to see Black Adam until we actually do that. I will be making my fourth <laughs> attempt. Fourth attempt, man. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that on the show, I think. Oh, cool. uh, oh, yeah, I'll be making definitely going to be a topic my fourth attempt to see it hopefully on Saturday. If I can get a, we already have tickets for black Panther on that day. If I can get into a showing before that, that works, I will make an attempt to do that. Then we can, we're going to be recording that on Sunday, the black Adam one on Sunday. So we'll get that out the following week somewhere. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining me again. And uh, we'll get these things posted in fairly short order. Um, I have to do the drafts on these completely forgot to do um so yeah i think we're good right that yeah yeah i think that covers everything good luck to the cults as much as i'm not inclined to give you that considering (laughs) all right man likewise to the patriots man yeah gotta do what you gotta do exactly later